this is Dave Koji, and welcome to the podcast called The Business Journey, where we discuss business advice, entrepreneurship, life, and personal growth. This is episode three, The Art of Handling Difficult People. And this is something that is truly an art (laughs) when you're dealing with different personalities and you're trying to come up with the best outcome for the person that you're dealing with and also for yourself. You can't, I mean, sorry, you, you can, you can control how you react. And there are always ways to curb your reaction after a trigger event prompts you to move from a frustrated state to a reactionary state. It's the, you probably heard of this, the flight or fight reaction. So I'll review how I suppress my frustration in certain situations and turn that feeling and that angst that I feel to a more productive uh, reaction. We cannot make rational and sound decisions if we are not in the proper emotional state to do so. And, and everyone, everyone has a back story. Everyone has their own unique backgrounds, and that includes your, your upbringing, your childhood, your general life experiences, your education, your social influences, so who you hang around with, who you affiliate with, your beliefs, not just religious beliefs, but uh, moral ethical beliefs, all the positives and negatives that impacted you in life, your, your home life, your job satisfaction, etc., Everyone's background story varies and impacts how you react to unfavorable situations. If you are happy, if you perceive you are successful, if you are rich in love, if you have a great work-life balance, you generally have a happy home and you you keep positive, uplifting social groups, um, then, then how you react to unfavorable situations will drastically differ from someone who is the in the opposite position in life, meaning a person who hates their job, has a toxic family home, has been battered down in life, is unhappy, and has pent up anger to life in general, they, they will be more prone to outbursts and poor temperament. And I'm not saying these people are good or bad. I'm just setting the stage for this podcast and giving everyone a baseline of characteristics that each of these groups of individuals may possess and give you an appreciation for why they react the way they do. And if you're if you're just if you're not understanding and appreciating and sympathizing, empathizing with someone's situation, and you're not looking beyond the situation itself, you will not be able to fully appreciate and really provide a great solution when you're so caught up in how that person is behaving without really understanding them. And I'll even go forward to say also, um, I talk about the the people and and how they're in happy homes and so forth, but the people in the happy home example may be just as toxic. And happy is a very subjective term as well. So why might these particular happy people be toxic? is that maybe they were brought up in a very wealthy and entitled environment and and they weren't taught to be kind to people that are not like them, right? So there's not a one-size-fits-all group, but I think you're getting my point of, of different backgrounds, different experiences, 
will will allow someone or will drive someone to make certain decisions and act the way they do. So how do I, but more importantly, how do I prepare the food delivery team to deal with tough people? When we hire new delivery agents to the team, we are looking for people who align to the core values of food delivery, which is being caring, understanding, driven, and consistent. And in our questions, we quickly see who can handle tougher customer situations and adversity, and who we feel would not handle tough situations and adversity well. Those that share in our values and are comfortable with customer interactions will usually get hired, and those that don't won't get hired. And there is a thought process that I have um, when I come in contact with an angry or visibly frustrated or upset or, fl- or flustered customer. And you can incorporate these things as well uh, into your, not if you're a business owner or if, even if you're an associate employee, you're dealing with a tough customer or you're dealing with a tough family member or a tough friend or a friend of a friend. So these are things that can really help you and equip you to be successful in these tougher interactions. This is more geared toward the customer, but again, I think you can you can apply some things to your everyday lives as well. <clears throat> so if you're, when you're encountering a frustrated, upset, or a flustered customer or a mad customer, the first thing you should do is, is listen. Why? Because they felt they were wronged and they want to tell you about it, right? By listening, it allows you to gain valuable information about the situation. You gain a sense of how reasonable the complaint or issue is, and you allow the customer to take control of a situation for which they felt they didn't have any control over. You've probably been in a situation yourself where you've been wronged or felt you've been wronged by a company and they weren't helping you, you couldn't talk to anyone, you felt that, and that, that, that just um, exacerbates your anger and the fire burning inside you about this company uh, not giving you an opportunity to um, listen to you and, or they're not being responsive. If you reach out, they're not being responsive. As a, as a business, as a business owner, especially local, you have the opportunity to be very reactionary. As the owner of food delivery, I am able to be very reactionary, or my team's able to be very reactionary to customer issues and resolve it very quickly. And that's what people expect and want. But that's not the norm in, in our society. It's um, it's unfortunate, but it's just how it is. And and as cu- cu- as companies grow, they want to cut costs, so they may have longer wait times, they may um, automate their their uh, issue resolution, you know, you, you've experienced, I have to tell you about it. <clears throat> but the one thing that companies fail to do is listen. They are, they're, and a lot of times when you're facing a, a difficult customer, it's not about you putting up a front and deflecting and thinking about ways to get out of it. You have to be able to be a sponge, absorb it, but not take it personally. Uh, even cu- we've had not many uh, difficult customers like this, but there are some that are swearing, that are being um, just out of control, I would say, and just very unreasonable behavior. And it's not it's not their fault. It's who they are. You can't fault someone for who they are. You just have to be 
able to adapt and appreciate their situation and cut through all of that because no matter if you're a calm complainer or a yelling complainer about something, you both want the same thing. You both want, in those, those two particular situations, those two types of people, you want, you, they both want the same thing. They want to be heard, they want a resolution, and they want it quickly, right? And that's just, and that, that's the thing. If you focus on those things and not so much the behavior, it helps you to better sort through what needs to be sorted out, learn, listen, put together a nice solution and deliver it quickly. So, but the first thing is listen. Everyone wants to be listened to, especially when they got, uh, they felt they've been wronged. Number two is repeat the issue back to the customer to ensure your understanding and ensure them that there will be a reasonable resolution that is fair to the situation. The customer's mind um, uh, wants to be eased that the wrong will be made right. Make sure to calm their fears of, of this and making sure that they understand it's going to get resolved. And I think people, have, especially experienced people who have, uh, have been through this rodeo, if you will, where they've been wronged and they try to get a resolution and, and the, the corporation, the company doesn't meet their expectations for a resolution. Um, they're already on the defensive. They're already thinking you're not going to serve their needs. So they're already mad about that as well. So they're they're mad about being wrong and they're already mad about you not solving it, which as a small business owner here in Colchester or anywhere else, doesn't matter where the town is, uh, you know that you have the best interests of the customer in mind. But you have to remember that experience that people, the experiences that people have and and what they're expecting. And that, that's great. It's good because you're you have an, you're um, you're able to exceed their expectations by being quick and resolving it um, fast. Uh, number three <clears throat> is do the research. Don't just offer a solution without gathering facts. There are three sides to every story: the the customer's version, your your employee or your team's version if there was a, a conflict there, and the real version. And every issue I have ever, ever dealt with, not one person holds a complete truth. Never. <laughs> and the reason why is that people's perceptions skew reality. They say perception is reality, but perception may be reality to that person, but perception is not truth. And that's the difference, is that everyone is seeing this from a different lens and experiencing something different and interpreting things differently. Um, language is difficult, it's very tough, and you can't always interpret the true meanings behind um, actions or, or thoughts. Because people can't see other people's thoughts, they don't know what they're thinking, and it really clouds judgment, <clears throat> and especially it clouds your recollection of, um, of the events, because you may believe in your mind that something has happened because you thought of it at the time, or you're thinking it at the time. It wasn't said, it wasn't done, but in your mind it did happen. So when you recount the situation, <clears throat> you're adding that additional layer of uh, uh, what you perceive to be fact, which is not really. So that's why it's important. And I've, I've almost gave in to hearing the one version, either from my team or from uh, the restaurant we deal with or from the customer or from the vendor. Um, but I've, I've trained myself not to do that. Even if it's clear cut, um, if someone tells me this pencil is yellow, I'm going to hear the other side of the story. Uh, <laughs> that's a far-fetched example, but you get the idea is that 
maybe it's not yellow. Maybe this side that they can't see is painted blue. Right? You, you don't you don't know the full picture. You don't know both sides. So you have to gain the information and and do the research and, and so you can come up with a proper you can make a proper uh, decision as far as a resolution. And lastly, and most importantly, is once you have gathered that that research, the facts, you've, you've taken the information, you do this rather quickly. You don't want to be taking days. You want to be taking minutes or an hour to be gathering things uh, if, if it's applicable. Sometimes, sometimes situations do require multi-day research, but uh, if you're able to do things as quickly as possible, you want to do that. So after you've done all that stuff, the last piece of the puzzle is move to a resolution that is fair. Um, it's fair to the customer. I, I truly believe that if if we are delivering a service or if you're delivering a service or a product and it doesn't do what you said it was going to do, if it fails, you should be, re, you should be providing some level of compensation or replacement uh, in lieu of that disappointment. And it's, it's, don't think of it as a loss, think of it as a win. And don't think it's a financial loss, I mean, think of it as a, a win. Because the, the most loyal customers, um, it's kind of counterproductive to think, but your most loyal customers generally, and not all the time, but generally, will be the ones that you had to face, they had to face an adversity with your, uh, with your company. And you resolved it in a way that was satisfactory and they were very happy with because you know why they become loyal because they know if something goes wrong the next time you will handle it and you will take care of them that sense of security and protection is not easy to gain and the only way to gain it is through experience is through experiencing that that shortfall uh, in the experience um, and they know that you are going to take care of them the next time and they're going to tell their friends and their family that you took care of them and that you can trust this because I trust them, you can trust them. And that's the word of mouth is the most precious marketing tool that you have as a business owner, especially a small business owner. And, and also the credibility and the trust that you also give off as well. So um, I, I hope this was helpful and uh, may want to re-listen and take notes about what those four things were. But again, listen, repeat the issue back, do your research and then move to a resolution that is fair and if you're able to do those four things and you're able to do it uh, while keeping a positive attitude by keeping the customer updated throughout the process don't just go radio silent but provide feedback throughout this process to let them know where you are where, where when you see the resolution to complete uh, you'll be in very very good shape so thank you for watching or not watching listening to episode three and i wish you a good day thanks again